It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's deadline day in the NBA. What will the Oklahoma City Thunder do as the clock continues to tick on trade deadline day? Who are some targets? What are some needs? What will happen? We'll talk about it all on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and beat writer for InsideTheThunder.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmo.com. On today's show, brought to you by our good friends over at Prize Picks. We're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder trade deadline. What are they going to do? What do they need and what will the market look like? Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code all lowercase locked on NBA and you can get that first deposit match up to $100. So it is deadline day, which means that this pod may never see the light of day because by the time that we finish recording it and uploading it, it might be dated, but it's a lot of fun. You know, the rumors, the speculation, uh, players being linked here and there and everywhere, it is very interesting. And it's also a very nerve wracking, like sand through an hourglass. These are the deadlines of our lives. Let's see what the Thunder do right now. As you saw the Clippers lose and it creates this uh, new uh, three-way top or four-way top across uh, the Western Conference. Bottom line is, no matter what you want to classify them as, number one, two, three, four, sixteen, whatever, the Thunder are thirty-five and sixteen, and they are able to put themselves in position throughout this season so far as being one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They've beaten the best teams in the NBA. Like they have gotten those wins over Minnesota, over Denver. They've gotten those wins over Boston. They've gotten those wins over some key pieces like the Clippers, uh, you know, like the Lakers. If they've gotten wins over you know, pretty much every, every somewhat contender. And even the, of course, games, you know, and teams who are contenders, like you look at new Orleans and, you know, and, and when, whatever you make of their season so far, they looked really good on the road in LA last night. Zion looked incredible. They, they've beaten new Orleans on the road. So they've gotten these quality wins over these quality teams. Uh, and they've proven to this point that they can play with anybody. Now, do they still have shortcomings? Yes, but there is no perfect roster in the NBA. There is no, there is no just, amazing 18 man roster, right? Like every team's going to have shortcomings. Every team's going to have things that they wish they were better at. And the Thunder do have weaknesses, even though they've had an amazing season to this point. And it's still been an outrageously successful year, especially compared with the expectations. Every time that you try to put expectations or limits on this team, they're able to blow past it. But the Thunder could absolutely use a sizable uh, more traditional big man who can rebound. Now, don't 
you know, conflate that with that they should change the way they play or they should even rely on said player uh, for long durations. Like the beautiful thing about the Thunder is that they're in a position right now with all of their assets and the fact that they have matching salaries who literally do not play a second for the team to go get something of need, right? Like this, you know, rebounding uh, first type of player or, or, or this player who can help with rebounding. And they could just never play them and it would be fine. It would just be a nice uh, addition to have as an option to go to uh, you know, in, in playoff series and critical moments of games uh, to have the threat of a rebounder on the bench. So, you know, even if they did go and add signs here in a few hours, it's still not going to change how they play because they want to play, uh, you know, this lack of size type of way to push the pace, to get out in transition uh, and, and to be able to turn that disadvantage into an advantage as they've done all season, which has gotten them to this point on both ends, you know, being one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses in the NBA, but they still could use the threat of someone who can go and rebound. Arguably a, a bigger point in this and a bigger uh, need for the Thunder, in my opinion, would be a, a, you know, a score shooter off the bench. Because if you look at this Thunder season, yes, the rebounding woes uh, have been prevalent. That's also been mitigated by just effort. And, and, and again, by the trade-off of purposefully being bad at rebounding because you get to do all the other stuff like switch defensively, like create cast in the passing lanes, like push the pace off of off of uh, misses, off of uh, turnovers, and the like. What has really slowed them down at times has been in games where they have these dry spells on offense. And if you fix that issue, if you get a, a score who can who can finish plays, who can even create a little bit for themselves, you know, at times where you're playing with a more secondary unit, that can make the Thunder and push the Thunder kind of closer to over the edge in the West than even rebounding you know, in certain instances. Because if you're not having those offensive dry spells and you're playing at your top uh, top level, we've seen that this team's a top three defense and a top three offense in the NBA. And, and for the Thunder, you know, whenever you get into their expendable pieces, oftentimes, you know, everyone talks a big game, right? It's easy to talk about how you, know, you want a first-round pick or multiple first-round picks for for players who do not at all demand that or, 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 or play at that level. But when it gets down to it and, and, and the clock's about to expire, second-round picks are the currency of the deadline. We see it every year. Quality veterans go for second-round picks, and the Thunder have 20 tradable second-round picks at their disposal. And even if they light a few of those on fire this year, they're so easy to recoup in value that it'd be worth it, even if it's just for a player who can play on the back end of the rotation or you know, not play at all into the fixed rotation and just get in there uh, during spot matchups and spot minutes. So I think that the Thunder will make a trade between now and the deadline. It's just a matter of who, what, and, and what scale of a trade it will be. And when you look at their expendable pieces, the interesting part about it is that you know you can match salaries with Pokashevsky, with Dallas Bertans, with Trey Mann. Those are the three players that I think would be expendable. I'd be pretty shocked to see, I'd be very shocked to see any other player than those three be traded uh, in the next few hours. Uh, and then you have the ma massive picks, but you know you can match the salary to get to the salary point with three guys who do not even come close to sniffing the rotation on a night in, night out basis. Three guys who, who have been obsolete this season for the Thunder. And so anything you get back, even just the threat of somebody that you get back, is supremely more valuable than those players. And in a draft in 2024, where it's it's looked upon as a not very good draft, and I think that uh, it, it does lack star power, but it does also present 
some uh, interesting uh, players who can provide you know this, this high end role player rotational piece and at times starting level player in it, which which would be good for you know, contenders on a on a budget so to say whenever they want to cash in on some on some cheap affordable talent, which this draft might be able to have at the back end of it. Uh, you know you have picks to spare in a draft where you probably have this picks to spare, not the not the developmental runway to spare for the, this draft, which I think has a lot of players who are going to take some time to get to the point where they can impact NBA basketball. And so even if you want to quote unquote overpay, like let's look at Dorian Finney-Smith, for example, uh, one of my favorite draft targets out there. I'm sorry, trade targets out there. Even if you wanted to go crazy and give away a first round pick and three seconds for Dorian Finney-Smith, it seems like a lot of face value, but this draft, you're even if you give up a first round pick, you're not completely out of the 2024 draft, a draft that's not great anyway, a draft that you, you in all likelihood, you know, wouldn't you, you would not be missing out on anything uh, tangibly right now. And you might not have, you know, even if somebody does pop, so to say, which is the thing about the 24 draft class, somebody's going to pop. But even if they do pop, would they have popped under these circumstances of, for example, the Thunder, who are, who are packed to the gills already before they make any other move in their rotation? And they already have guys who don't play enough, uh, you know, night in and night out, who, who you think are very talented players. Could they have popped? in this environment if they were to pop somewhere else in that draft. So trading out of the 24 draft, no matter what you think about it, is not a bad idea for the Thunder, even if they give up everything, you know, all their picks in the 24 draft. Uh, but you know, trading one away especially would be really good for this team. So they have the expendable pieces, they have the needs, and they have a general manager who at every point in his career that he's had a talented roster has improved this team midway through the season. Look back to last year, whenever last year's team was not even guaranteed to make the play-in tournament, he went and improved the roster by getting rid of Darius Baisley and, and getting Sarge, who's an improvement over Mike Muscala, while also stockpiling uh, second-round picks for this very moment. So I would think that the Thunder will do something uh, between now and the deadline. Uh, you, look at, you look at Pokashevsky, especially a guy who doesn't play, and uh, we know the Thunder feel about you know impending restricted free agents, as we mentioned, what they did to Baisley last year. Um, you know, that would be something that you would look at as possibly happening today. So I think that something will happen and they have the needs to fill on a team that's been proven to be good enough on a team that has an MVP caliber player, a team that has two uh, caliber all-stars in, in Chet and J-Dub. Of course, they're not going to make the, the game and, and they didn't make the game in such a talented West and such a talented you know association, but uh, they play at that level um, night in and night out. So the Thunder have what it takes. They just lack experience. They lack shooting. They lack rebounding and size. And folks, you know, you can't you can't buy experience, so to say. Now, some of these guys come with experience and come with playing in big games, which will help to a certain degree. But but even the, even so, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be leaned upon young guys, no matter what happens today at the deadline. So I, I think that whenever you look at this trade deadline, I understand the the kind of anticipation and whatever sort of thing you want the Thunder to go do. It's also important to just note you got to enjoy the ride a little bit. We'll talk trade targets. We'll talk what to expect. We'll talk enjoying the ride all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good, good friends over at Nissan. Go check them out today at shopnissanusa.com. They have what you need because Nissan is awesome. Are the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further, even uh, kind of going on an adventure at times. It can be something that you're drawn to. Well, guess what? Our friends over at Nissan 
have a lineup of SUVs uh, that can help you take advantage of your wild side and take it to the next level uh, on your adventurous side. So check it out today. That's the 24 Nissan Rogue. It's the perfect example for any driver uh, that likes to get an escape. The 24 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover that lets you go on your next adventure. It also uh, will include 12.3 HD touchscreens, uh, you know, and, and they have that for you built in. It has a Google built in to always have an assistant to help you, um, you know, make calls or whatever you need hands-free. It connects to your phone. It's awesome. Uh, the Pathfinder is great as well. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has room for up to eight in their expansive cargo capacity uh, and as advanced abilities uh, and it's available, uh, of course, with the 4x4 capacity as well. And then you have the 2024 Nissan Armanda. Uh, it'll help you uh, get the full-size luxury of an SUV. So take the Nissan Rogue, uh, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armanda uh, to go find your big adventure at shopnissanusa.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, and also go check out InsideTheThunder.com. That's InsideTheThunder.com by Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation. We have a lot of draft stuff out there right now, uh, and, and and still, of course, trade stuff out there right now and still draft stuff will be coming. And also uh, we'll be reacting to all the, all the latest trades that can go on. Obviously uh, you can tell it was a 10 article day for me because um, I'm completely kaput right now, but we're going to power through it and talk about the most exciting day. One of the most exciting days of the year. I still prefer that draft free agency period than this, but this is still right up there with one of the best days of the NBA calendar. Let's talk trade targets. There's a billion of them. And again, you have to crutch all of this with, it's also important to just enjoy the ride, which we'll talk about more coming up. But some trade targets. I love Kelly Olenek as a trade target. Uh, doesn't seem to be a lot of fire there right now. Don't know if they'll actually move on from him or if it'll be the Thunder who, who want to take advantage of him. Uh, but I love Kelly Olenek as a guy who can play the way the Thunder want to play uh, and, can, and can keep the ball moving offensively. You can hide him defensively, and then you can see what he does as a play finisher for this offense. Uh, Gordon Hayward's another name that I really like because – you know, I just view Gordon Hayward as a no-risk, high-reward move. You know, if, if they're looking to to buy him out anyway, why not pay a second-round pick or two to ensure that he lands in Oklahoma City? Because let's face it, on the buyout market, you know, you never know who, who, who the player will go to. Obviously, the rules are different now with the new CBA, but still, uh, ensure that he's in-house in Oklahoma City in that move. And then, even if the worst happens, even if you can never play a game for the Thunder, you give up two of your 20 uh, tradable second round picks. That's not the end of the world. That's not something that will go and break uh, the budget for Oklahoma city or make really an impact at all in what they're able to accomplish uh, in the future. While also, if he can play, he'll be able to really 
So when you look at Gordon Hayward, what he can provide for this Thunder team is that scoring threat the Thunder need. He can shoot the ball very well. Uh, of course, he can create for himself a little bit off the bench unit. And for a guy who's dealt with some injury concerns in his career, not having to play him every single night or playing him on reduced minutes is going to be a good thing. Plus, he was around those young Celtics teams, and, and the Thunder are trying to do what those young Celtics teams were able to do, and that is get far in the postseason so we can help out there uh, if you believe in that whole uh, idea of experience and things mattering. P.J. Washington is another name that people like from Charlotte uh, that you can keep an eye on. Uh, uh, Bojanovic from uh, Detroit. This would just simply be a, a bench score shooter who can cash in, catch and shoot threes. Uh, and you can maybe play him down the stretch of games just whenever you know the games turn more situational, offense, defense uh, on, on either side of the floor. But as we mentioned, my favorite trade target is Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith is a really high-end defender who can switch one through five and can really thrive two through four defensively. He's made big shots. He's gotten big stops in big moments, and he helped Luka Doncic uh, go far and get to the Western Conference Finals uh, But back a few years ago when Luka was 21 years old, and it was kind of a, uh, one of his first runs in the postseason. Remember, he had that bubble year uh, Luka did, uh, which – was in the bubble, which was great. He had the, the buzzer beater against the Clippers, and it was, a, it was a fantastic series. But, you know, he was still very young in his actual playoff experience life because the bubble playoffs was was an anomaly, was kind of unlike anything we've ever seen before um, with no fans and no travel and things like that. So Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, by all accounts, is a fantastic locker room guy, a fantastic teammate. And then when you add in the 3 and D aspect of his game, he is somebody that you really want to see in Oklahoma City I think, to help this team round out their rotation and round out their uh, kind of team, especially if you factor in the the pieces that it would take to get these guys are, are guys who log zero minutes in a couple second-round picks or first-round pick in a 24 draft that's not very good. So you're really gaining something without losing anything. It's all a net positive uh, in that case, uh, and I think that these guys would be some interesting targets. And then there's some loftier names out there as well. Jalen Smith from Indiana. Uh, does the Do the Pacers have a front court issue with a log jam of trading for Pascal Siakam? I think that Jalen Smith is a short-term and long-term solution, honestly, for the Thunder. He provides a little bit more size, but it's, it's a little bit more size that is still not sacrificing at all how the Thunder play. Like He can help put a body on somebody, he can help down low, but he can also play this, this fast, switchable, versatile style of offense and defense that the Thunder want to play. And as a play finisher, he can really uh, become someone who can look at uh, at the perimeter to space the floor, uh, to cash in, catch and shoot looks. And I look at Jalen Smith, and I think that you can play him with any lineup you want to. I think he can fit in with the starting five. I think that he can fit in with the secondary unit. I think he could help enhance the all-bench lineups that you want to run out. He can especially help improve uh, the staggered minutes whenever you have a a J-Dub and a Chet on the floor together, playing Jalen Smith alongside them really helps uh, maximize what you're able to do because you can throw out lineups of like J-Dub and Kaysen and, and Jalen uh, Williams and Jalen Smith and uh, you know Chet Holmgren and all these guys. Like He can really improve this team from an offensive standpoint while uh, fitting in defensively with how the Thunder want to play. Uh, you know, there, there's some other great names that, that people have thrown around at the trade deadline. The bottom line, I think, is the Thunder are going to do something. 
they're going to improve this roster in some way. I really believe uh, we'll see if that ends up being right or not at the, at the uh, 2 PM local time deadline for Oklahoma city, uh, but w- whether it's a Bruce Brown, who people are, are uh, kin to right now, or a, a surprise move. Like, you know, I think Wendell Carter jr. At this point being traded would be a surprise uh, to see happen. Or even if it's just Andre Drummond, who's been one of the best backup big men in the NBA uh, to this point this season, getting him as a change of pace option would even improve this roster because you're you're improving it from um, you know a net a net neutral and a net nothing if you will um, to at least having someone who can throw a curveball, and that's the big deal. Like the Thunder are gonna lean on who they lean on, right? Like whoever or whatever move you would want the Thunder to make. There is no move out there that is realistic, that is possible, that is rumored. There are no players on the market right now who, if the Thunder traded for them, no matter who they are, that would change how they play basketball, that would change their hierarchy. So even if you listed out right now your wildest dreams for what would happen at the deadline but still keep it realistic, the Thunder would still be dependent on the same cast of characters they are right now. All the Thunder can realistically achieve at the deadline would be presenting themselves the option to help them out in certain matchups and certain series. It's presenting themselves the option to play bigger, the option to play with a, a traditional um, you know, rebounder, a, a more traditional big man, or giving themselves the option to get increased scoring off the bench. It's not going to completely alter how they play, completely alter their rotation, or completely alter what their identity is. There's not a guy out there that would do that. Like who who out there that, that could realistically get moved at the deadline if they were on the Thunder would even do any of those things. Like they they just at best would come in and enhance the roster, not change the roster. And I think that Kelly Olenek, you know, Gordon Hayward, Bogdanovich, Finney Smith, Jalen Smith, I think that those guys, you know, Kyle Kuzma even, they enhance the roster without changing it. Now, with Kyle Kuzma, the interesting part would be, can you put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? This guy, I think, that at his best, playing locked-in basketball, playing the way the Thunder want him to play, you know, would hypothetically want him to play, um, he could really fit in and really push the Thunder up a level from where they've been which is saying a lot because they've been one of the best teams in the West. But can you get him reined back in like he was uh, in those Laker days? Because he'd have the same role and same um, responsibility level as he did in LA. But as of right now, it doesn't appear as though Washington's truly going to um, trade Kyle Kuzma. So we'll see if that's even still on the table for for any team, much less um, Oklahoma City. But it's going to be a fun time. I, I think that you know we always see the same things unfold at the deadline, right? It's a it's a very calm before the storm. There's a little bit of activity here, you know. Tillman gets traded to Boston. Uh, Composio gets traded to uh, not Composio uh, uh, gets traded to uh, Detroit. Um, you know these things just kind of like boil over to a certain degree, and then you kind of wonder like, oh, is there going to be a big move? Is there going to be enough to talk about? There's going to be a flurry of activity at some point between now and, and three o'clock Eastern. And I just can't wait for it. I think that the Thunder will get involved in some way. We're going to take your questions and see 
uh, what you're thinking about the Thunder coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Check them out today at prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Uh, because it's the best place to play daily fantasy sports. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You just pick more or less than their prize pick projections. It's team and time at prize picks. And right now you can win a hundred times your money uh, with a little, as little as four correct answers. Uh, whenever you go there right now, you can turn $10 into a thousand dollars. Demon and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. The squares uh, marked with red demons or green goblins uh, can get you different payouts. You can now win uh, up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. So ch- check it out today at prizepicks.com. It's quick, offers fast withdrawals. It's easy gameplay for you uh, to get accustomed to. It's available in Oklahoma as well. So that's a very big key uh, for daily fantasy sports made easy. You just pick two to six players. You, you project where they have more or less than their prize pick projections. And if you're right, then you win money. It's that simple. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked in NBA. That's pricepicks.com slash locked in NBA or use code all lowercase locked on NBA for your first deposit match up to $100. That's code locked on NBA for $100 uh, up to $100 deposit match at pricepicks.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. It is trade deadline day on tomorrow's show. We're going to recap the trade deadline winners and losers and how it all uh, uh, you know impacts Oklahoma City uh, and what the Thunder did or didn't do at the deadline. But right now, let's talk about what you're saying about the deadline. Uh, Kyle Roberts asked, uh, if I was a betting man, would I bet on the Thunder to make a move? Yes, I'd be very, I'd be very, very surprised if it gets to 301 and the Thunder did absolutely nothing. I think that it could be as small as uh, kicking the can down the road of uh, elongating their asset window, which they did over the summer, the last two summers, where they trade a current um, draft class draft pick for future draft picks. Whenever those future draft picks cash in, they'll be more valuable because you'll be paying these guys more and uh, they'll be in better draft classes, frankly, than the 24 draft. Uh, So uh, even something like that, all the way to something like uh, Pokashevsky being moved because he's a restricted free agent coming up. Uh, or all the way up until a guy who can just slot into the rotation right now in the postseason. So it can be a wide range of things, but I'd be shocked if it was nothing. I'd be shocked if the Thunder did absolutely nothing. Uh, this is an interesting hypothetical from uh, El Sombro uh, Riggio 7. If uh, the Thunder could pick a combination of two between uh, Dorian Finney Smith, Kelly Olinick, and Bruce Brown, who would you choose? If the Thunder could only choose one, of Dorian Finney-Smith, Bruce Brown, Kelly Olenek, who would you choose? Uh, So if you could pick a combination of two, I personally would lean Dorian Finney-Smith and Kelly Olenek. Uh, I think that Bruce Brown's an awesome player. I think that he is someone who can really help a title team, as you saw last year uh, with Denver. But I I don't um, love the contract. I don't love it. I don't love his fit in Oklahoma City just at his size. I think that it could work. 
I'm not just over the moon for it. Well, as with Finney Smith and with um, Kelly Olenek, I am by far over the moon with their additions of the two. I'd rather have Finney Smith. I think he plays um, a little bit closer to how the Thunder want to play. Uh, you are a lot closer to how the Thunder want to play um, and just really helps you uh, close games with the way they want to close them. Like, like Kelly Olenek would help you get from point A to point B. Uh, and, and you could argue it would help you get there you know, more seamlessly as a, as a, as a 82 game season player uh, and help you uh, with your depth and everything. Whenever you're looking at closing out playoff games and how the thunder are going to want to close out those games to be able to throw a lineup out there of SGA, Lou Dort, uh, you know, Dorian Finney Smith, Jada Chet would be insane. Like it would be an insane defensive team. It'd be an insane uh, team shooting the basketball floor. It's having a hot night shooting. If he's not put in, put in Isaiah Joe to, to close out games, put in Casey Wallace to close out games, put in Josh Giddy to close out games. Like you have such a luxury at that point um, uh, to, to, to never lose your style while maximizing what the game flow dictates. If it dictates more defense, if it dictates more offense, you're able to get it done at that point. Kelly Olenek of Steel would be a great option. He's, he's, he'd be my number one B of trade deadline targets I'd want. But I really uh, have talked about Dorian Finney-Smith since last June, and now it's here, and there's more of a fever pitch for Dorian Finney-Smith talk. I think that he'd really, really help Oklahoma City um, you know, balance the best of both worlds, of, of of not changing at all how you play, getting the, getting the data points of how this style and how this scheme and how this system and how these players uh, react to the postseason – while still helping the roster, right? Because you don't want to change, you know, the roster or the culture or the um, system before you get a chance to see it in the postseason. Dorian Finney-Smith will let you keep playing this way, but also be better than what you are currently. So it's the best of both worlds, in my opinion, uh, for him. Uh, Blake says, uh, Giddy Bertans, Poku, man, and a first for Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, I don't think that the Nets would, um, would part with both of them, especially not for just one first-round pick. Um but, you know, I, I don't think that that'd be an, a logical option. Neither is this one from Joe Smith. LaMelo Paul, P.J. Washington, and Gordon Hayward for Josh Giddey, uh, Micha Chang, and four first-round picks and Dallas Bertans. I don't think that they're going to, of course, trade LaMelo Ball. I don't think that that's very uh, realistic. And neither is – you guys are off today on these on these mock trades, but we're going to do it. Uh, Pokoshevsky, Jang, and two first-round picks for Daniel Gadford. That is – a king's ransom to get Daniel Gatford. Uh, I'm not in the market for that. And then Rich Uncle, Uncle Rich Uncle Skelton, is the trade deadline overhyped? I think that if you would have asked this, I think that you probably felt this way this time a year ago, right before Kevin Durant was traded and, and everything broke loose. Um, you know, at, at three o'clock in the morning. Right. It always feels slow and a slow build. And then we get to the deadline and there's just a flurry of activity. I don't think that there's going to be a massive trade that happens today. Um, but I think that if you're if you're a diehard NBA fan who cares about rotations, who cares about, um, you know, getting better in the margins, a lot of that stuff will happen today. Uh, the, the biggest name that you see today might be might be maybe DeJounte Murray, maybe. Uh, but other than that, it's still going to be impactful players uh, shifting around which can help and, and hurt teams. But you have to remember, too, that like Pascal Siakam counts in all this. OG Anobi counts in all this. Just because it didn't happen on deadline day, that did happen in the course of this season. Um, so so that does count. And then Rashid says, uh, what do you think of getting Jonathan Isaac? I think that Jonathan Isaac, as a basketball player, um, you know, 
for what for what I think that the cost could realistically be, like the cost that Orlando could realistically um, um, demand, I think that that would be worth exploring as a basketball player. Um, because again, there's very few players. Like, like to put a bow on this conversation, um, there's very few players who the Thunder could trade for that I would be like, oh, that was a bad trade. And not not so much as anything of like roster construction or or, or is the team you know good or bad or whatever. They just have so a surplus of assets that um, I trust that whatever trade that they make would be responsible. It wouldn't be six first round picks for Andre Drummond, right? So uh, the asking price, whatever it is, as long as it's as long as it's you know a situation where it's even close to being market value. Okay, try it. Like try whatever move you want to, because the matching salary right now are guys who don't play, and the picks you're not even close to being tapped out of them. Uh, and, and we mentioned it at the top of the show that the trade deadline is mainly built on second round picks. So you could go up to like ten of those second round picks and not really care. You have twenty tradable second round picks. So I, I just I just don't see anyone that I would say like absolutely not. That's a terrible trade, terrible fit, whatever, because. You're giving up guys who wouldn't play anyway. So if this guy truly is a terrible fit, you just wouldn't play him. Uh, and, and you give up some some quote unquote assets that you have a surplus of. Because uh, I don't think they'll give up a billion first round picks for anyone that's at this deadline. They shouldn't uh, because of what the market should command. So uh, it, it's hard to find a bad fit at the trade deadline. Uh, it's it's also going to be hard to find like some flashy huge move at this deadline. And typically those flashy huge moves are easier and more commonly made in the summertime because it's easier to uh, trade with salaries. It's easier to, to get your, your affairs in order. It's easier with, with uh, more picks unlocked as well. Everything's easier in the summertime to make big moves. And so that's whenever you're going to see these teams make big moves. You might actually see teams right now position themselves, even like contenders position themselves for the summertime to make those big moves uh, rather than positioning themselves for 3 PM today. Uh, so we'll see how it all unfolds. Uh, we'll, we'll see who the Thunder can add, who the Thunder want to add, or what the Thunder do in general. I'd be pretty shocked if we are talking on the trade deadline recap show at 3.01 p.m. if the Thunder did nothing. Uh, but I'd also be pretty shocked if we're talking at 3.01 p.m. as an earth-shattering, rotational-shattering, starting lineup ch- you know, shattering move. So it'll be somewhere in the middle, as it typically is. But the biggest thing is just enjoy the ride. This team is not perfect. No team in, in the NBA is. The center team is, is tops in the West right now. They've won big games, both home and on the road. They've beaten tough teams. They've beaten the best of the best teams, both, both home and on the road. They've done their job to this point um, and that they have a team that's that's valid and that is uh, good no matter what they do in a couple of hours. But no matter what, we're going to recap it all on today's uh, on Locked on Thunder. So subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, uh, including on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.